All right, let's do it. Let's hop in the transfer portal. You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Nittany Lines your first listen today. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Today's episode is sponsored by Omaha Steaks. Omaha Steaks is a gift from the heart, a gift that will be remembered with every unforgettable bite. Order with complete confidence today, knowing you're ordering from the very best. Visit omahasteaks.com and use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout to get that extra $30 off your order. That's promo code Locked on. My name is Zach Seiko, a new episode of Locked on Nittany Lions, uh, also available on YouTube. I want to say thank you so much to everyone that's subscribed, that's liked the videos in the past, that's commented as well. I appreciate the conversation uh, outside of just the video itself that we have, the debates uh, talking about not only Penn State, but the teams that they're going to play. And we're going to do all of that and more in today's episode. We're jumping in the transfer portal ourselves. We're going to look at who Penn State should target who Penn State is targeting, and some of the names that are on Penn State's radar out of the football transfer portal. Uh, Those will be the first two segments. And then the final segment, we're going to do a little bit of an early preview for Penn State men's basketball. They play Michigan State tomorrow. That game tips off at 6.30 in the Bryce Jordan Center. And Michigan State, because of one player, is really hobbled uh, and is not the same team that they were at the start of the season. So we're going to talk about how Penn State and Michigan State match up in this one as Penn State does open up Big Ten play here. And this is this is where they prove themselves, right? If they're an NCAA tournament team, because typically about eight, sometimes even nine teams can make it out of the Big Ten. And we'll see if Penn State's one of those top eight or nine. For Penn State football, though, and we're going to break it down first, what positions should Penn State be targeting in the transfer portal? And I got three for you. The first one is obviously I'll get to wide receiver in just a second. I say linebacker. Okay. This is a must, but part of it is dependent on what Curtis Jacobs ultimately decides to do. Curtis Jacobs, uh, if it wasn't for Abdul Carter was easily the best linebacker in the rotation this past season from talent alone. As far as key returners go, eh, Curtis Jacobs could be one of them. Maybe we don't know. Uh, He really wasn't projected that high in the NFL draft. I think he is underrated, but that means that he could come back for another season to boost his draft stock. Uh, Tyler Elsden's a guy that's returning. Abdul Carter is obviously coming back just since he's only a true freshman. Then you have Kobe King, you have Dom DeLuca, and then Really, that's that's about it. There are some question marks for some younger players like uh, Jamari Budden, who needs to increase his role. There's also guys like Keon Wiley, who came in Abdul Carter's class, but they're more of a long term project and weren't guys that could necessarily hit the ground running. Uh, Key departures. Charlie Catcher. Could Charlie Catcher be back? He has the additional year with covid. Um, and he could be back for another year as a super, super senior, as a sixth-year senior, uh, getting the Sean Clifford treatment. Uh, but then Jonathan Sutherland really is the only uh, contributor, I would say, that is leaving the linebacking core. Uh, was a starter to begin the year, uh, cycled in and out a little more often, was the strong side linebacker, that off-ball linebacker. And he's going to be moving on. He'll be a special teams guy in the NFL. I mean, he was the special teams captain and a four-time captain like Sean Clifford. So 
whether you thought Sutherland was the greatest linebacker or not, that's uh, of course debatable, but he was a great special teams guy. Uh, so Jonathan Sutherland's impact will definitely be missed there. And he's a veteran presence. Like from what I've heard about Jonathan Sutherland from people that follow Penn state football very closely is he's just a brainiac when it comes to football film. So like I said, somebody that is definitely going to be missed just because by that he sets the example. Now, when it comes to linebacker, is somebody going to truly replace that Jonathan Sutherland role? Because if you remember, he started his career as a safety, right? And then he moved down into the box as that linebacker. Does somebody like a Jalen Reed, does someone like a Keaton Ellis move down into that spot and become the new Jonathan Sutherland? I think that it's possible. There were already kind of discussions among the Penn State media that Jalen Reed would do it, and I don't buy that. I think that Jalen Reed is closer to a Jaquan Brisker type that, yes, he can play around the football, but I don't know that he's necessarily a linebacker at this point. I think you need him at the safety spot because he is better in coverage uh, than maybe a Keaton Ellis, for example. Now, Keaton Ellis is somebody that if he can put on the weight and he already had to bulk up because he was more of a slimmer prospect coming in in terms of weight. I mean, right now, Keaton Ellis is listed as 189, 190 pounds, so he would definitely need to add that weight on because Sutherland bulked up about 15, 20 pounds and ended up weighing 215 at that linebacker spot. If they're going to move Keaton Ellis to it, he's definitely going to have to gain some weight. And Keaton Ellis is a surefire tackler, but when I watched that game against Ohio State, it did make me question where he was in terms of coverage ability. So I think moving him down into the boxes, that additional linebacker might be better for him. Uh, but Keaton Ellis is also a cornerback. So if they do need him to move back over, he's that versatile that you can do a lot of things with him. So that's kind of the debate right now. Is Jalen Reed going to move there? Could Keaton Ellis move there? Or do they even consider moving Ellis back to his natural position of a boundary cornerback as opposed to safety. That's where they moved him because they needed him there uh, one, at one point in time. Uh, so they aren't really losing much from this group, but this group wasn't deep to begin with, and that's why they need to be targeting guys uh, at linebacker in the transfer portal. And I know they have Tony Rojas coming in. If you think Tony Rojas is ready to play as a true freshman like I do, I believe that he is. Uh, but we'll see where he fits into the rotation. Like an Abdul Carter forced himself into playing time. I'd like to see that from Tony Rojas. Okay, the obvious position that everyone's talking about because Drew Aller is going to be the starting quarterback. This offense definitely missed that clear-cut number one guy. Parker Washington was the best receiver in terms of talent in this group, but at some points in time, you couldn't tell if it was Parker Washington or if it was Mitchell Tinsley. I, I'm, I'm going back to that Jahan Dotson type of player where you had a definite certified number one wide receiver. So you're definitely losing Mitchell Tinsley because he's got to graduate. And then what's Parker Washington's status? Is he coming back? Is he going into the NFL draft even with the injury? And we don't know what it is because James Franklin won't tell us. He, he likes to make us do some detective work. But if Parker Washington comes back, what's that injury recovery like? So you definitely need a wide receiver since your top two guys from a year ago might not be either there completely or you might have only one of them back and then to what capacity. So your returners are Parker Washington, most likely because of the injury, Keandre Lambert-Smith, Malik Mega, Liam Clifford, Amari Evans, Jaden Dotton, Caden Saunders, and Christian Driver. The reason I didn't name wide receiver first is because, well, 
that's what everybody's naming, right? Uh, everyone says, go after wide receiver. You need wide receivers. It's obvious. I think linebacker is actually more important because I think Penn State's defense can be complete going into next year. It was, it was missing linebacker depth this season, and, and at times it showed. But defensive line is going to be strong again. The secondary is going to be strong. I think it might even be stronger, if you can believe that, if the guys that were behind Joey Porter Jr., and Jair Brown can get even better in the offseason, then yeah, I think it absolutely can be uh, better than it was this season. But linebacker was the weakest link on defense, uh, even though they proved to be a lot better. But I think they still can get stronger as a group. A wide receiver, you want more targets for Drew Allard to throw to other than just what you hope in Parker Washington's rehab. Uh, I named a lot of guys that have all the talent in the world, but are they ready? Are guys like Amari Evans, Caden Saunders, um, uh, are they ready to take over and be consistent day-to-day -day starters? Is Keandre Lambert-Smith ready to take that extra step? Uh, how good is Liam Clifford? Because we saw him get a lot of time on the football field over the course of the season, just more for a youngster. Um, so with Mitchell Tinsley moving on, that veteran in the locker room, uh, I think it's going to be beneficial to go get a guy that is essentially another Mitchell Tinsley, someone who was in a group five conference that can come in and is looking to take that next step and, and provide some veteran leadership. Now, the last position that Penn State should at least target in the transfer portal, and, and I know what positions they're going to be looking at and which ones they are, and I'll get to that in just a second as well, but let's be honest and not kid ourselves. Quarterback, quarterback needs to be a position to target. And I know some of you might say, well, Drew Aller's going to start. And they got Bo Prabula last year, and they got Jackson Smolik uh, in this year's class. That's exactly my point. You have three quarterbacks with how much experience? Okay, Drew Aller got a couple quarters here and there throughout the season, but Bo Prabula hasn't seen the field. Jackson Smolik's a true freshman out of high school. What happens? I, I don't even want to speak it into existence, so I'm not going to say it, but let's just say, okay, Drew Aller's not available. So you're going to immediately turn to a very raw, still prospect in Bo Prabula. God forbid a Jackson Smollett gets thrown into that kind of action. You need to find a veteran quarterback that's essentially looking as a grad transfer. You, you want that veteran experience. Essentially, I would compare it to like the NFL journeyman quarterback, the backup, right? Like the Brian Hoyers uh, or the Chase Daniel of college football at this point in time. Someone that's looking to get their graduate degree, likes the environment at Penn State, and really has no problem riding the bench uh, in their final year or two of eligibility and, and wants to be that backup uh, that just appreciates the game of football and isn't really looking to take that next step as a prospect. That's going to be very tough to find, right? Um, because it's not like that where you can be a journeyman backup quarterback in college football. Everyone's competing to get to the next level. Nobody, not many people really say, you know what? I'm good with where I'm at in college football. Uh, it's very competitive because of what lies ahead. So what positions are Penn State targeting in the transfer portal? Wide receiver, that's obvious. They've already offered some people, and there's been rumors of being linked to certain players. Uh, offensive line, if you can believe that, where Penn State wants to get uh, richer uh, because they're already rich, they might retain all five starters from the 2022 offensive line, if you can believe that. We discussed that a, a couple other times on some other episodes. Uh but why offensive line? Not exactly sure, given that fact, other than they might want some depth. 
Uh, Malik McNeil just jumped in the transfer portal. He was a, a former three-star prospect for Penn State. Uh, Bryce Effner is moving on. So there, that's really the only serious contributor you're losing is Bryce Effner because the depth is all there. The starters might be all back. So why, why crowd it even more? And you have the class of 2023 which has some of the best offensive line prospects in the entire country. Uh, and the secondary, the secondary, that's actually something that Penn State is targeting as well. It makes sense to me anyway, because you are losing Joey Porter Jr. and Jair Brown. Those were NFL potential players right there on the field all season long. Uh, and you need some depth behind the guys that are going to step up. Kalen King and Johnny Dixon. Uh, Jalen Reed and Zachy Wheatley and Keaton Ellis. You do need some guys back there. They got a bunch of them in the class of 2023, but I would say they're offering not so many more safeties, but actually cornerbacks. So who are those players that Penn State is in fact offering? Well, I'll tell you in just a sec. There's four of them that just received brand new offers from Penn State and their profiles are coming up next. Today's episode is sponsored by Omaha Steaks. The holidays are here. Achieve gifting greatness when you give the gift of perfectly aged, tender, and delicious Omaha Steaks. The steak experts at Omaha Steaks have put together special curated gift packages to help take the guesswork out of gifting and make you a holiday hero. Go to omahasteaks.com and use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout to get $30 off your order. Send an assortment of mouth-watering favorites guaranteed to impress, like legendary butcher's cut filet mignon, air-chilled boneless chicken, ultra-juicy burgers, and even easy-to-prepare comfort meals that are ready in a flash. Omaha Steaks is ready to ship your order right away, so shop early and beat the shipping rush. Go to omahasteaks.com and use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout. Omaha Steaks is a gift from the heart, and a gift that will be remembered with every unforgettable bite. Order with complete confidence today, knowing that you're ordering the very best. Visit omahasteaks.com and use promo code Locked On at checkout to get that extra $30 off your order. Minimum order may be required. Welcome back to Locked On Nittany Lines. I'm your host, Zach Seiko. Thanks so much for making us your first listen today. Hey, for your second listen, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks so much for helping out the YouTube channel. If you haven't already, if you are listening and you want to watch the episode, Go to Locked On Nittany Lines on YouTube. Subscribe, hit the bell for notifications. And I really appreciate the comments. I do, whether it's feedback, whether it's saying, you know, like, hey, great job. Or if you say, you know, hey, I think you, I want to see you talk about this, or I think you can improve this. I'm all for it. But I really appreciate the debate and discussion that everyone's having about, you know, hey, what Penn State needs to do in the transfer portal, what Penn State uh, can do against Utah. I had even a debate what bowl game they would end up in, which was awesome. So uh, comment that down below, what players that they need to target in the transfer portal, what positions, uh, and any people that you think that Penn State may lose in the transfer portal because guys like Christian Bayer, Malik McNeil that I mentioned on this episode have already done just that. And there could be some more on the way with the way that Penn State handles those opt-outs and everything. Every single player gets its own day, right? They all get their own day individually so that they can be in the spotlight uh, and so that it's not overcrowded. Uh, but who could Penn State bring in? Who has Penn State offered? Well, 
there's four of them at least at this point in time. And I'm sure many more are to come because they are linked to some players across power five schools and even some group of fives. But let's start with that power five prospect that everyone is intrigued by. And that is Elijah Judy. And he's from Texas A&M. He's a defensive end and he's a former four star class of 2021 from the Philadelphia area. So this one, Makes a lot of sense. Uh, the defensive line, even though I didn't really mention them as a need, I see there there's so much talent, especially with the the prospect that Nick Tartburton could come back. And you're already going to have Chop Robinson and Adisa Isaac. The way that Penn State likes to rotate defensive linemen, they need that extra boost and they need that extra depth. So, and Elijah Judy is very important now. Didn't really have the run that he thought he would have at Texas A&M. He redshirted in 2021. Officially, if you look at his stats, he's only played 12 snaps in games, and he has not recorded a stat. So pretty lackluster. Uh, and Texas A&M picked up a lot of defensive linemen. Like, I'm talking a lot in the past 2022 cycle. Uh, but Judy is going to be coveted by more than just Penn State. He's not on uh, only the Nittany Lions radar. He has offers from Boston College. Colorado, who just named Deion Sanders as their head coach, Nebraska, Syracuse, and Virginia Tech. And from what I read, he's actually visiting Nebraska first uh, this weekend coming up. I think December 9th, he's going to head up there and meet with Matt Rule, who, of course, played at Penn State, grew up in State College, which is awesome. Glad he's already recruiting against Penn State. No sarcasm. Uh, the next player that Penn State has offered officially, and that is Alabama cornerback Kyrie Jackson. Uh, Kyrie Jackson uh, already has offers from Kentucky, Maryland, USC, Arkansas, Oregon, and Rutgers. Okay, Rutgers is out of the mix, so that's fine. We don't really need to talk about them. But that's a lot of serious competition from all across the country. Uh, Jackson's actually originally from the Maryland area. And an interesting fact about him, uh, he's a good all-around player that I think got lost in the shuffle. Uh, he was more of a special teams guy, which with Jonathan Sutherland leaving, Penn State could really use his services. But they also need some boundary cornerback depth. Joey Porter Jr. is moving on. And Penn State likes to have essentially that co-starter if they can at cornerback because you need to rotate guys in and out. I know that Kalen King and Johnny Dixon and Marquise Wilson can hold down the fort. They showed that all season long. But if you notice, I just named multiple guys, and there's two boundary cornerbacks in addition to Joey Porter Jr. playing this past season. So a guy like Kyrie Jackson would add that extra depth, would add an extra capable starter, even though if he isn't listed as a starter. Uh, but he did start at corner against uh, Texas when he was playing for Alabama this past year. Uh, but back to that interesting fact, he was actually suspended by Nick Saban in I think it was November 21st it was, and there was just no explanation. No, nobody really gave a reason why he was just suspended, and now he's back in the transfer portal. So he didn't play all that much. Uh, he did play a lot on special teams, but not as much at cornerback, and now everybody wants him because he's got a lot of potential. Totally understood. Penn State's looking at him. Now on offense, Penn State is targeting wide receivers. We very much know that. And I got two of them for you. One we've already heard of, and that's Jimmy Horn Jr. I'll finish with him in just a second. But I want to share the new one, and that was Dante Cephas, who has been officially offered as well. Kent State product uh, actually originally grew up in Penn Hills, went to Penn Hills High School. He's a Pennsylvania native, but he ended up going to Kent State and caught 48 passes. 744 receiving yards and three touchdowns in 2022 seems pretty underwhelming, right? But in the year before 82 catches, 
1,240 yards and nine touchdowns in 2021. So that's his true production. He had a much better quarterback in 2021. Let me just admit that. Now, according to Pro Football Focus, the, the college branch, he was the 18th most productive receiver this past season and had an, a grade of over 81. To put it into some perspective, Parker Washington, who was Penn State's best graded receiver, had a rating of 76. So I'm not here to argue that Dante Cephas is better than a Parker Washington, but he's damn productive. I'll say that. I mean, that's literally 18th most productive according to PFF. So I'll take it. Now let's get to Jimmy Horn Jr. He's that speedy, shifty, smaller type of receiver that Penn State really likes to have. Uh, he was only five foot nine, but he plays bigger than his size. And he's just so you just get him into space. Just get this guy into space and he can take off. Uh, Jahan Dahatson, even though he was a little bigger at five foot eleven, was essentially that. It, it coupled with, you know, smarts the route running. Uh, he did. He definitely did play a lot larger than his size was because he could go up and body some cornerbacks as well. But for a Jimmy Horn Jr., he's definitely a different type of wide receiver. Just get him the football and let him make some moves. Uh, USF's head coach, he's from Southern Florida. USF's head coach was actually fired. So it makes sense why Jimmy Horn Jr. is in the transfer portal. But this is kind of the leading report right now about it is that Colorado and Deion Sanders are really pulling hard for uh, Jimmy Horn Jr. to come to their program. And Penn State is going to have to beat them out if they're going to want Horn to come join the Nittany Lions. Uh, Texas A&M and Houston are also in the fold. And he's going to commit fairly soon uh, here in the middle of December. But he had five touchdowns at South Florida. And he's just a guy that you want to get into space because he can do a lot of damage with the football. Now that is everyone that Penn State has officially offered, at least as of late. There are some other guys that come could come into the fold, like a Dante Thornton, who we've mentioned already in some previous episodes. The Oregon wide receiver was committed to Penn State at one point in time. And like I said, they're looking at some offensive linemen. Uh, so there are some prospects that could be offered very soon that Penn State wants to come into the program. This is Locked on Nittany Lions. We'll transition to some men's basketball. Nittany Lion hoops how Micah Shrewsbury and the squad will approach Michigan State's game. That is tomorrow in the Bryce Jordan Center. And my brief preview is coming up next. Can we pause the pod for a second? Okay, we're paused. Great. Because you've got to try this. I'm talking about Built's brand new reimagined flavors. Cookie dough topper, coconut brownie bar, coconut, coconut brownie topper, and white chocolate peppermint granola. It's Built's take on the granola bar, so it's more filling and insanely tasty. And candy cane brownie puff. Built puffs are like biting into the universe's most delicious cloud. First off, for anyone who hasn't tried Built Bars before, they're literally the best tasting protein bars ever built. They're revolutionizing nutrition as we know it with 100% real chocolate, 17 grams of protein, and shockingly lower sugar and calories, only 130 calories. Just sink your teeth into the first bite and it'll change your life forever. I'm not kidding. There will be a time before you tried these new built flavors and the magical, wonderful time afterwards. You're probably wondering which new flavors, my favorite an unanswerable question to say the least. They're all unbelievable and they're all so different. So you can order a mix box and give all the flavors a try for yourself built. You've got to try this. Get 15% off your order right now by using promo code locked on 15 at built.com. 
That's promo code LOCKEDON15 at Built.com. This is Locked on Nittany Lions, the final segment of this episode. And in addition to some of your thoughts about the transfer portal for Penn State football, I'd like you to comment your score prediction for Penn State men's basketball and Michigan State and how you think the Nittany Lions are doing under Micah Shrewsbury in his second season. But Michigan State is, well, they could be better. Let's just say that. And I think the Nittany Lions are getting them at the right time. I'd like to see the best matchup for them on both teams. But at the end of the day, I want to win. <laughs> I, I don't think there's really anything to it other than that. But the reason Michigan State is coming in uh, not as, I would say, battle-tested is because they are without Malik Hall, who is definitely their best player. Uh, some other college basketball analysts and experts might argue that it's somebody else, but I think with everything that Malik Hall does, he does a little bit of everything. Uh, and, and it showed, right? It, it truly has showed because they've now suffered back-to-back -back losses to Notre Dame and Northwestern 70 to 52 and 70 to 63 respectively. And that Northwestern loss was at home. And if you want to add insult to injury, uh, a little bit of pun intended, now that I've thought about it here, uh, 1982 and 1983, that was the last time that Michigan state lost to Northwestern back to back times in the, in the home and home series. So it's been quite some time here, 40 years, roughly since Michigan state, uh, has lost like this to Northwestern. And that shows you how important a player like Malik Hall is. So this is a vulnerable Michigan State team. Uh, they nearly lost to Portland. The final score was 78 to 77. Now I say all of this, but let's go back a little further in the schedule. Michigan State's five and four in their 0-1 in conference, losing to Northwestern, but they played Gonzaga really tough. And this is when they had Malik Hall in the in the rotation. They lost by one to Gonzaga. They lost to a top 10 Alabama team. They did beat a ranked Kentucky team and they beat Villanova and they beat Oregon. So Michigan state's really good, but they're also really good when they have Malik Hall in the lineup. So he's the X factor that is not going to be playing in this game tomorrow night. Uh, but for Penn state, they're opening big 10 play here. They've had tons of rest because they haven't played since last week against Clemson. And that was a double overtime game. It was a heartbreaker. You lost 101 to 94 on the road. Like that's tough to overcome. But when you get a week plus to prepare, when you get some time to rest, if Penn State had uh, not, not necessarily a back-to-back, -back, but only had to rest one or two days, since they're not coming off of that type of game with that immediate turnaround, this benefits Penn State a lot. And you've had time to learn from that. You can watch the film over. You can digest what happened. And you're getting that vulnerable Michigan State team. But more importantly, you get to focus on Tom Izzo's squad inside and out. You don't, you, there's nobody in between. There's no sandwich game. You can focus on a very important Big Ten foe uninterrupted for eight days. And, and that's key here for Penn State. And Michigan State's come off those games where now they played Notre Dame and Northwestern in a short span of time. And you got to travel to face Penn State. So, this is a very winnable game for the Nittany Lions. They can open up Big Ten play 1-0, which is what I think they will do. Uh, my early prediction was 70-68. to and, and I say this because I think Penn State will be able to push the pace. I know that they can score the basketball. They live and die by the three-pointer, and that's just going to be the case all season. Whether you love it or hate it, this team is going to shoot until they can't shoot anymore. Uh, and Michigan State 
is just not that good offensively. I think right now they rank 200th in scoring, which is pretty lackluster, uh, but the defense is still good. I think with Penn State pushing the pace because they can, they're going to do that, and you're going to get a little more points expected, more than anticipated in this one, uh, even though, like I said, Michigan State's not all that good offensively, even with Malik Hall in the lineup to say the least. That's going to do it for me on this episode of Locked on Nittany Lions. Thanks so much for joining me wherever you get your podcasts. And on YouTube, remember to subscribe to the YouTube channel, leave a like, leave a comment, and share the video as well. Also hit the bell so you get notifications for any time that I post a new video here on Locked on Nittany Lions. You can also follow the Twitter, Locked on Nittany for the channel, and my personal, Zach underscore Seiko. You can see that if you're watching, uh, if you are listening. There you have it there all spelled out for you, but uh, we'll have some more episodes. Can, can, we're going to continue to update the transfer portal drama guys that are coming in potential guys that could be leaving. I, I still, we still don't know the status of some guys like Curtis Jacobs and Parker Washington. So we'll keep an eye on that because they're going to have to announce it fairly soon. And it'll be all right here on locked on Nittany lions. Thanks for making locked on Nittany lions. Your first listen today for your second listen today, check out locked on sports today from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports. Go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts.